of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. Amen. Amen. I want you to remain standing for just a moment. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter number 7. Acts chapter number 7. We're going to talk about, if it goes anything, if it goes anything like service number 1 and service number 2, not going to be a whole lot of shouting. It's going to be really serious, uh, really important. This is the year of transformation. We, we've been saying that from the beginning of the year, that God is transforming a crowd into a church. A crowd into a church. We've got a crowd of people. Uh, uh, I mean, a good crowd of people. I, I believe that God is saving people. We, we've got new Christians in here, baby Christians in here. We've got growing Christians in here. We've got some stagnated Christians that we need to uh, uh, get going, but that's okay. That's okay. We're all here together. And, but we are here learning. Say with me. We are here, we're here learning. We're here to move forward. We don't want to stay where we are. Jesus will save you just like you are, but he ain't going to leave you that way. He wants you to grow. He wants you to develop. He wants you to grow more like his son, Jesus Christ. Last week, we talked about the subject of separation. Say that with me. We talked about the subject of separation, how important it was for us to live a separated life. We need to be different. We need to look different. We need to talk different. We need to act different. Amen? Uh, this world, uh, I, was, I was in a crowd last night. I was at a ball game. And, and man, some of the things I just, I, as God was speaking to my heart, uh, uh, we, we just, we, 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 need to, we need to let them know that there is a reason that we have hope. Amen? And we, we have to be separated. But today, I want to talk about an even more important subject. It's not going to, it's just, we just ain't going to shout about this. And it's just not, not if you really get a grip on what this really means. But we need to talk about the subject of sacrifice. Sacrifice. The defi uh, Webster's definition of sacrifice, giving up something for the sake of something else. What does that really mean? Does God require sacrifice? Jesus said this. We are all wanting to be disciples, right? That's our calling. We're here to, to develop disciples. We're here to make disciples, if you will. Jesus said this. Unless a man will deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. He cannot be my disciple. First thing is deny himself. Listen, that is sacrifice. So we're going to talk about that today. Acts chapter number 7. In verse number 54, if you were here for the very first time, very first time, and you filled out one of those prayer cards, if you filled out one of those prayer cards, could you hold it up real high? Just, just hold it up so we can get it. We're going to run like the wind and get it real quick. Got them right here on the front. Man, that's great. Right over here on this side. Man, they're everywhere. Amen? Hey, let's give, let's give God a, a, a praise and glory for all our first-timers being with us. Man, this is great. Dustin, this is a good crowd. Amen. I think this is a larger crowd in the third than it was the second, it looks like to me. Yeah. Man, y'all, give yourself a hand. Amen. I need, I need to give them the challenge from the second way. Amen. Y'all get that in a minute. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about three things, three things uh, that I want you to know about sacrifice, and then I'm going to issue a challenge. I'm going to issue a challenge. Every service was challenged with something that they need to do, and we'll do that at the end. All right, Acts chapter 7 and verse number 54. When they heard these things, Stephen has been preaching. Stephen has been telling the truth. 
Uh, Stephen is the first missionary martyr, if you will, uh, the one who was killed for his faith. He has preached and told the gospel to this group of people. And the Bible says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. How many of y'all are glad that when you stand up for him, he'll stand up for you? The Bible says, and behold, he said, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now watch what he says. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. In other words, he died. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, please help us with this subject. This is so, so important. I pray that your will be done. I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. I pray that your mercy will be felt. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to the Story of Liberty. On this day, February 21st in 1952, a man named Jim Elliott, a missionary, arrived in Ecuador with the purpose of evangelizing the Ecuadorian Indians. It's an amazing story, and there was actually a film made about these young men. Jim Elliott... Pete Fleming, Ed McCulley, Roger Udarian, and Nate Saint, who was their pilot. All Christian missionaries, very special young men. Jim Elliott and his friends went to the jungles of Ecuador. They had sought to bring the gospel to the most primitive savage people on the face of the earth, the Akua Indians. They prepared themselves well. They even devised a method with their plane to make a tight circle to lower down to the ground all sorts of gifts in a basket to make friends with the Akua Indians. They did this for weeks at a time because the Akuas had no contact with the outside world. In fact, it was told that they killed just about every person who entered into that jungle. As time passed, these missionaries, they felt comfortable enough to land their plane on the beach of the river. At first, a couple of women came out of the jungle, then a young man, and then others. For several days, they reported that things were going well, and they gained the confidence and the friendship of the Akuas. And they hoped that they would soon be able to tell them about Jesus Christ and his gospel. Well, eventually out of the bushes they came, 
a horde of Akuas with eight-foot spears, and they plunged them through the bodies of these five young missionaries. On January 8, 1956, Jim Elliott was killed, along with his friends, mutilated bodies that were found downstream. You know, they had guns, but they didn't use them. When the Akua men came toward them, they did not shoot. Several of the men who killed Jim and his friends became Christians later in life. One of them actually gave a testimony at a meeting, and he counted on his fingers, and he said, I have killed 12 people with my spear, but I did that when my heart was black. Now Jesus' blood has washed my heart clean. So I don't like that anymore. What a telling statement. They had guns, but they wouldn't use them. They came to bring the gospel to a savage people in our eyes. In their eyes, it's just natural being what they are. And these missionaries, these young men went with an opportunity and with a challenge and with a spirit in their heart to bring the gospel to people who desperately need it. The ultimate sacrifice. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. When I was a kid, I, I, we had, we had old-fashioned day every year at my church that I went to and and uh, and they would always have a competition of whoever could bring the most visitors whoever could bring the most people uh, would win a Bible and and that particular year I, I brought the most visitors and and uh, and had the most people so I I won this my one of my favorite Bibles all time I ever every Bible I ever get after that after I wear one out of it's the same it's a, a big Thompson chain King James Bible it was half size I was I mean I mean I was a little old bitty fella but I was so proud of that thing and and uh, and that night that night we went to Burger King, and uh, and that was when that was all they had. There was a Burger King and a McDonald's. There wasn't nothing, uh, all this other stuff that, that we have today. And and uh, and we were there. When we walked in, there was a missionary in there. Uh, he was a friend of our families that we've known for forever and ever. And uh, 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 just a, just an unbelievable man of God, a missionary of missionaries. Uh, uh, Brother Bob Green. He was he was standing. And at the counter, and I walked up to him, and I seen him in there, and I went and got my Bible because I wanted to show it to him. I was showing it off, man. I was so proud of that thing, and and uh, and I had my Bible, and I walked in there, and 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 I held, said, look, 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 look what I've got, look what I won, and uh, and 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 he and I said, Brother Green, would you sign my Bible? I said, sign my Bible. I want you to sign my Bible for me. So he took my Bible and he opened it up, and the fly leaf of my Bible, and he signed his name, and then he wrote these words. He wrote these words. He said, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You know, Jesus said, if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. And he wrote those words in the, in the flyleaf of my Bible because those were the words of Jim Elliot. Jim Elliott, the missionary who gave his life for the cause of Christ, he said those words. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep 
to gain what he cannot lose. The definition of the word sacrifice means this, giving up something for the sake of something else. Now, I know that seems like a long time ago, and it seems like that's so far away. When we read, when we read the scriptures and we read about the, the early Christians who were, who were sold into slavery, who were taken to the Colosseums, and, and, and they, they would take Christians and, and hang them on poles and, and pour tar over them and use them as torches to light city streets. I mean, they, the Romans were so cruel to them, they would take them and they would put them in nets. I mean, whole families in nets and, and drape them over the Colosseums and turn loose wild raging bulls to smash them and smash them and smash them till there was nothing but a broken bloody heap. They would take them and turn and put skins, animal skins, and wrap them in animal skins and turn them loose in the Colosseum and turn loose wild animals that they had half starved and they would tear them to shreds. And that just seems like so long ago. Seems like so long ago that, yeah, how many of y'all have ever, the, the emblem of the fish, the emblem of the fish, everybody puts a little fish on there, you know, you're supposed to be a Christian, you put your little fish on the, on the sticker and all. And, and, and a lot of people don't know the story behind that. But you see, there's two lines that makes that fish. That was a secret, that was a secret code, if you will, because it was so dangerous to be a Christian in that day. And if I approached Izzy and, and I'm wondering if he is a true Christian, then I would just take my toe from my sandal and I would make that first curved line. And Izzy, if he was a true Christian, he would know what that meant and he would take his toe and he would make the other curved line to make a fish. Because it was dangerous to be a Christian. There was great sacrifice. They gave up so much stuff. Even the Apostle Paul said this, I have given up everything. I have lost everything but I count it but dumb to win Jesus Christ sacrifice here we are Dietrich Bonhoeffer he once said this when Christ calls a man he bids him come and die really preacher what the Bible says this does it not say I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service not above and beyond the call of duty now here's the thing here's the thing you, you're saying God wants us to come and die yes he wants us to come and die to ourself to ourself he says let a man deny himself take up his cross and follow me it's amazing to me you know we we, we, we talk about we talk about people and and you know the, the, the young lady at Columbine, the young lady at Columbine who, who was asked, are you a Christian? Are you going to say you're a Christian? And then he blew her brains out. And everybody said, well, I would have done that. I would have said that. How many of us that, that you hear would say that, but yet they won't live for him? God, it's not that God wants us to die for him. He wants us to live for him. He wants us to die to self and live for him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. He soon became a living example of his own quote, both literally and spiritually. Devoting his life to Christ, he ministered in England and Germany, and despite his German heritage, he bravely denounced Hitler's leadership time and time again. In 1943, he was arrested by the Nazis for standing up against them, and two years later, he was hung. A Martyr for the cause of Christ, he became a role model of how a true, dedicated Christian should live. Shaquille Bibi. Shaquille Bibi, young lady. 
on March 9th, 2009, 2009, Shaquille Bibi died a martyr at the hands of her attackers in Pakistan. She could have stayed away, but she chose to sacrifice herself to save other Christ followers that had just gathered to meet in church. By her sacrifice, she was able to save others. Emile Maria del Carmen, on April 24th, April 24th, 2009, Carmen was shot eight times in front of her children because she was a Christian. She chose to be a leader in her community and to make her worship of Jesus public. Even though local militant groups have been seeking out and murdering these missionaries, the drug cartels are consistently hindered by these Christians and their recruitment of locals to help in their sale of drugs and weapons. So she was shot eight times in front of her children for the cause of Christ. Nikadi Aden, he was a pastor in Turkey, and he thought he was going to a Bible study with several Turkish youth who were exploring the claims of Christianity. Instead, these false seekers turned on him and their friends, and they tied the three up, then beat and stabbed them repeatedly. Nikadi had moved to this area of Turkey to share Jesus with the locals, even though this area was very much against the spreading of the truth found in Jesus Christ. Tilman Geski, which was Nikadi's friend, he was 46 years old and dreamed of living in peace among the Muslims. His dream also came to an abrupt end on April the 18th, 2007. When the fanatics armed with knives and carrying notes stating their intentions to kill all three men because of their Christianity, tied up Yeski and his friends before torturing and killing them by slitting their throats. However, Tillman's wife has had a huge impact on the local police by her publicly forgiving the men who killed her husband. Oh God, forgive them for they know not what they do, she said, quoting the words of Christ on the cross. Just this past week I read where 30 Christians were slaughtered in one night, in one night for their faith at a college. Listen, drug out and slaughtered for their faith. Now, this is, this is what I'm trying to say. Christianity is exploding in Sudan. Christianity is exploding in India. Christianity is exploding in China. Christianity is exploding in areas where people are being persecuted for their faith. And listen, in America, Christianity is dying. It is dying. I'm getting report after report after report after report of churches that are just, it, it, listen, all but shutting the door, dying. Now, what is the problem? Is it that God is not powerful anymore? Is it that God does not care about sinners anymore? Is it that God, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't care about America anymore? That has nothing to do with it. Listen, Christianity, Christians are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. But what has happened is we have become comfortable and we have become spoiled. We have carpeted floors. We had air-conditioned buildings. We have padded seats. We have coffee in the foyer. And we're having to make one concession after another, after another, after another, after another to try to keep people happy, to try to keep them coming because they've got the attitude, it's all about me, make me happy, take care of my needs, take care of my problems, take care of my family. And they've forgotten what it means to sacrifice. 
and they have forgotten the fact that it's not about me. It's about him and them. Sacrifice means three things. Three things. I want to share with you these three things. First, there was a cause. Stephen was preaching the gospel. Stephen was sharing the truth of the gospel because there was a cause that he was fighting for that was more important than him. It was more important than his dream. It was more important than his desires. It was even more important than his own life. And that was the cause of Christ. Jesus came to this earth, and when he was on trial, before he was crucified, Jesus said this, For this cause came I into the world. He said, For this reason was I born. He said, I didn't come to be ministered to. I came to minister and give my life a ransom for many. He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. He was the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And when he came to this earth, he came to save souls. He came to save sinners. Listen, he was criticized for being a friend of sinners but a savior listen a savior was he because sinners were we he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly he came that we might have hope and make it to glory somebody ought to shout and give him glory this morning there is a cause David said when the when the giant was down in the valley Listen, he came up on the scene, and they said, what in the world is that awful noise down there? And they said, that's that old Goliath. That's that giant. He's been cussing us. He's been criticizing us. He's been making fun of us. And I'm telling you, the king said, if somebody go down there and whoop him, he'll make his, his family free. He'll give him his daughter to wife. And David said, show me where he's at. David got ticked off about the situation. He got angry. He said, I'll go deal with this. And you know what happened? His older brothers started fussing at him and started criticizing him. Let me tell you something. If you get man enough to stand up for the cause of Christ, somebody's going to stand against you. Because everybody that ain't doing something don't like people that are doing something. And if you're going to do something, they're going to talk about you. Why don't we give them something to talk about? They came to him and said, we know the naughtiness of your heart. And David said, I tell you what, this is the phrase. This is the phrase. Is there not a cause? Shouldn't I be mad? What I'm wondering, why ain't you mad? What I'm wondering, why are you not upset? He's raising Cain, cussing your God. Why are you not upset? Is there not a cause? I'm telling you, I, 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 I want to I go to every church in America and tell them, is there not a cause? I've had the privilege to be able to work with a bunch of churches here lately. They see the growth of our church, and they're ringing our phones off the hook. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, my day off's on Monday, because Sunday's just a long day for me, amen? And, and it takes me half a day Monday just to recuperate, and my phone's ringing off the hook on Monday. Pastors having issues pastors having problems and issues one after another and I'm telling you it's starting to make me sick in my stomach God is my witness and I, I, I don't want to sound frustrated this morning but I'm frustrated because here we have people that are giving their life for the cause of Christ across the seas and we've got members of churches today complaining and griping and fussing and doing all of this stuff shame on them it's one thing to have to fight the devil but it's another thing to have to fight the devil and the membership. The devil gives me enough grief. The devil's doing his job, and he does it well. We shouldn't have to fight the devil and each other too. Well, I didn't get my parking spot. Somebody else got my seat. 
or I had to park in the grass. So, one church that's growing, they had to come out of their old building, had to come out of their old building and go into a, a nice gymatorium type thing, and they're getting complaints. It don't sound like it did in the other building. Seriously? It don't sound like somebody answer that and tell Jesus, put him on hold. Amen. What are, we, what, are, what, is, what are we coming to? What are we coming to? I'll tell you what we've come to. A selfish Christian society who has no idea the concept of sacrifice. If we come to church and the air conditioner is not working, we think we're sacrificing for Jesus. I'm saying it. Y'all just, the other three guys, the other two services got it. Y'all getting it too. Say amen. This is frustrating. What do you think Jesus is thinking after he hung on a cross for six hours and bled to death? And we want to complain because they don't sing our song. Really? I wonder what B.B. think about you having to park in the grass. I wonder, I wonder what some of these other people. Now, now by the way. It's not over. They're dying now. Today, they're giving their life for Christ. While the American church acts like a bunch of spoiled, rotten babies who need a pacifier. That's why the church in America is dying. Well, I don't like that. It is what it is. When's the last time it cost us to serve God? Honestly, let me tell you what the problem is. That this has become entertainment. We come here on Sunday to feel good. We get the devil beat out of us all week long, and we come to church to feel good, and, and it gives us a little feel-good feeling, and then we go back out there, and we think we've done a service to Jesus. When really, this should be, this should, that's war out there. This should, this, we should come in here and recharge up and get fired up. This, listen, it's like, the, it's like them guys getting beat up in the football field and they go in for halftime and, man, they get charged up and they come out. Are y'all with me? That's what church should be. And we've forgotten what the cause was. Well, I tell you what, they ain't going to sing my song. I ain't, I. Oh, it's about you. Guess what? If you're saved, you're in. You're going to make it. Your ticket's punched. So why don't we do what we can to get them in? Amen. What cause are you fighting for? What's, what's so important to you that we've forgotten about people going to hell? How many of y'all know somebody's lost? Raise your hand real high, real high. Where do they go if they die lost? How many of y'all got children in here? Raise your hand, you got children in here. Raise it real high, got children in here. Guess where they go if they die without Christ? How many of y'all got grandchildren in here? Grandchildren in here. Lord help. 
Guess where they go if they die without Christ? So really, what cause do we need to be fighting for? I'm serious now. Now, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Now, now some of y'all are looking at me about like the other two looked at me. But let's be honest a minute. Y'all been to other churches. Some of y'all came from other churches. Really? Are we really fighting for the right cause? Have you found a cause worth giving your life for? Would you give your life over your parking spot? Would you give your life over whether somebody can drink coffee and hear a sermon at the same time? Would you give your life over whether which seat you get in the auditorium? No. But I tell you what, for somebody to get saved, we should all be willing to give our life. Sacrifice is about a cause. Sacrifice is about a cost. A cost. I told you that in every service, I wanted to challenge every service. I wanted to challenge every service because every service is different. It really is. And we try, we, we do everything the same. We try to do all the same songs, all the same messages. We want everybody to get the same thing. But every service has its different character. I mean, it's just, it's got a different makeup, and it's just, every, it's always different. First service, second service, third service is different. And, and every service has a different uh, uh, need, if you will. For instance, for instance, we hardly ever have first-time attenders in the first service. It's 8.30 in the morning. It's before Jesus gets out of bed, amen, I, I guess. I don't know why. But we hardly ever get any visitors in that one. And I think part of it, one of the biggest reasons is they're not inviting. Because when I challenged everybody, I challenged everybody last week to pick up those invite cards for a friend day and go invite your friends. Hardly anybody whatsoever picked up cards in the first service. Hardly anybody. And so that tells me they're not inviting. Maybe because they don't think they'll come at 830 uh, I believe this is this is the deal. Most everybody in that 8:30 service is really some of the most committed because I asked them to go to that because it is early in the morning. But we needed room for y'all, so they did. And most of the time, really committed Christians, after they've been saved for a long time, they have a problem, and they run out of lost friends. And the people they only associate with is at church, so it ends up being that they only know saved people. Say, well, that's, a, that's a problem. That's a problem. Because we're the salt of the earth. We need to get to know lost people. Y'all with me? Unchurched people. You need to have some friends that don't know Jesus. If you don't know some, make some. How do I make friends with lost people? Be one. Be a friend. If you be a friend, you'll find them. Because everybody's wanting friends. Amen. So that was their issue. I challenged them. I said, look, let's get to it. Let's get, pick up those. And I hope they did. I don't, know if, I don't know if they picked them up or not. If they don't, I'm going to flatten their tires next Sunday. Amen? But, but that was their challenge. The second service, the second service is always packed. It's always packed. And I, I, it's the most convenient service. I mean, they, can, they don't have to get up early to go to the 830, and they can get out and, and be at the buffet before the Methodists. Amen? 
I mean, they like that. They, can get, they don't have to wake up early, but yet they can get out early. And it's, you know, that's the convenience. Sir. And it's packed all the time. And it's really full, and we've we got to have some room. And, 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 and so we, we have developed a, a service down in the lower building, the Rock, with HD camera and everything. And we challenged them uh, because it's always the fullest service. And then y'all went today and messed all that up and got more in this one. Amen. So I'm changing y'all's chat. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But we, 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 we've done that, and I said, listen, listen, I need, I need people to volunteer. We've got color-coded cards. I said, I need people to volunteer to take you and your family one Sunday out of every month and go to church down there to open up seating for lost people. One Sunday. Not every Sunday. One Sunday. Sacrifice some time. Give up here for the sake of something else, that's the cause of Christ, see people saved, would you be willing to come down there so we can make more room up here? That was the challenge. Now here's, here's why that's so important. Because we may have to do it here if we keep growing. This is great, man. I love this. I love crowds. When you, It's great. But here's the deal. I love Jesus. Y'all love Jesus? So this don't bother you. But unchurched people that don't go to church and lost people, this is what they feel like. Last night, last night, my sister, bless her heart, say amen. She got me tickets to the Vanderbilt, Florida game. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was so excited. And uh, in the youth of the church, the youth of the church for pastor's appreciation got me a Chili's gift card. Say amen right there. Yes. And uh, so, so I had a plan. We're going, we're going to see them. Uh, uh, whoop Vanderbilt and then we're going to Chili's and celebrate say amen and so we got in there and it was packed out I'm talking about it, it, it was sold out they said that they hadn't sold out in a long time it was sold out there were so many people there and y'all know how I like that I mean we're going in the, in the, in the hallways and in the, in, in, in the alleyway around you know before you go through the chute to go up into the stand, and I'm standing there, and I mean, they're all rubbing up on you and everything. It was awful. It was terrible. And I mean, they, they, they'd brush on me, and I, oh, and I, and, and, and stay with me, Becca. Stay with me, Becca. And, and we're going, and from, and God is my witness, from, from, from where the, the big hallway that goes around the stadium is to where there's there, those, those shoots that go up. We look like cattle. I'm telling you, those shoots that go up, to go up the steps, it took 20 minutes to get from, from the outside and, and, and when all them people rubbing up on me, it felt like three days. And man, here we go. And we finally got up and we get in our, in our steps. And, and it's so packed. I look at them people. And, 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 and we, get, we get there. And we get to our seat, 27 and 20. And there was a guy that was about this wide right here. I mean, he had muscles everywhere. Lumps all over his body. He was so muscled up, he sat there, he looked at me, I said, I believe, I believe this is our seat right here, and had a spot about this for two people. I said, now, Becca, your behind might fit there, but mine ain't. So we had to maneuver around, and we finally greased up and slid in there, and I don't know about y'all, but I could have watched it on the couch. Amen. 
I was sitting there. And this is what the Lord said. Someone is crowded in church. That's what the unchurched feel like. Now see, we'll, we'll go to extremes to come to church because we love Jesus. Well, they haven't met Jesus enough to know how good he is yet. And the larger the auditorium, the smaller the number that makes it feel more crowded. So when you're 70% full, you're full. Because everybody likes their space, don't we? We want somebody all up on us. Come on, man. Am I right? Hey, I'm just being honest. And you know that's, that's going to hinder people from coming to Christ? Well, that's, just, that's a good problem to be full. It's still a problem. Unless we as God's children have a sacrificial spirit. Say, hey, man, I'll go down to the rock. Free coffee? Shoot. HD? That's what I'm talking about. I can see better there anyhow. Amen? That was their challenge. Now, here's the deal. Where are you at today with your attitude? You willing to park in the grass? You willing? Hey, I've come to church, and I, I promise you, I ain't never going to send you up a ladder I won't climb. If I didn't have to be up here preaching, I'd go down there. If we had cameras down there, I'd preach down there and shoot it up here. Say amen. I'm not scared. I'll take the worst parking lot, parking spot in the whole church. I don't care. I promise you this. I've come in this building several times with mud on my shoes. You never saw it because Tammy made me clean before I got up here. Amen. I'm not afraid. You know why? Because if somebody getting saved is more important than my comfort. Well, they ain't singing my song. Somebody getting saved is more important than I get to hear my favorite song. That's what they make CDs for. If you don't like what it is and other people are liking it and they're getting saved, grab you a CD and play what you want on the way to church, get your church on, and then on the way home, play what you want. But let's come here for the sake of others. Amen? The cost. I, I, I had this fancy saying I was going to say about the cost. What's it going to cost you? you know, every, but God says it's going to cost everybody the same. It's going to cost everybody the same. Say, what is that? Everything. Say, what does God want out of me? Everything. Does he have your everything? You know, when we sing that song in a minute, I surrender all, are you lying? Or is it all about him? When it comes to sacrifice, there's always a cause. When it comes to sacrifice, there's always a cost. But when it comes to sacrifice, there's always a crown. I can look at this story and it sounds terrible. I can look at this story and it sounds terrible. Man, look at look at Stephen. This man's performing miracles. This man is ministering. This man is helping people. This man is doing all of this. What a waste. What a waste. How many of y'all have ever seen people with a lot of talent and had a lot going for them and, and, and maybe got killed in a car accident or maybe something happened and in your mind you thought, what a shame. Y'all with me? What a waste. Well, I can imagine the people that were helped by Stephen and, and encouraged by Stephen's ministry, they're seeing this death. And they're thinking, what a shame. But watch what the Bible says. 
You might have missed this a while ago. But the Bible says when they went out to stone him, they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. So here we have a young man by the name of Saul who we also know as. And he's holding the coats of those that stoned him. Are y'all with me? And here this man sees Stephen being stoned. And here's this. Father, forgive them. Lay not this sin to their charge. I got to know. I got to know. That this man's testimony profoundly impacted the life of Saul. Here he is, this man's being stoned in the darkest hour of his life, yet Saul was able to see Jesus in his sacrifice and arguably became the greatest missionary that ever lived. There's always a crown to every cross. Let me tell you this story and we're going to pray. There was a missionary that came to our church when we was down in the little building. I believe his last name was Sellers. His grandparents. They're supposed to be in a condo playing golf every day. Grandparents, older grandparents. And he's coming to raise support. And I'm like, really? Didn't you miss it by a few years? And here they are, and they sat us down and began to tell us a story. The seller's daughter married a missionary to Tibet. They went to Tibet and began to try to witness and reach these people. But it was so difficult. It was so difficult because they, they, there was just the difference in the culture and the idol worship that they had before, and they was not receiving the message of the gospel. Well... In, the, in their ministry, they started a children's home. They started a children's home. While in that children's home, uh, they began to, to rescue kids off the street that didn't have no parents. They were cast out and thrown away. And so here they are. They've got this huge children's home now, but they weren't really being able to reach the community with the gospel of Christ. Well, this couple, the seller's daughter and their son-in-law, had to go on a trip and was killed in a plane crash. Big jet flew into a mountain, killed both of them. And so the sellers flew to Tibet and continued their ministry. Took over what they had started and just kept taking care of these kids. And the, and the people were blown away. They could not believe what they had done. And this is what they said. We thought you would hate us. We thought you would despise us because your kid was over here trying to help us and they got killed. We thought you wouldn't have anything to do with it. What happened? In the midst of the sacrifice, they saw Jesus. 
Now, what is God asking you to sacrifice? Do you have a sacrificial spirit? Because if you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to have one. And we're here to develop Christ followers. I, I, I can't believe I said this in the, in, in the last service. I said this. God is my witness. This came out of my mouth. I was saying, now look, if you're going to get an attitude about going down there and you're just going to pitch a fit about it, no, just stay here. Don't what, just stay in this building. I, and then I said, you know what? I said, don't do this either. Don't do this either. Uh, don't say, well, I'm just going to go to some other church. If I, I said, don't do that. And then I stopped. And God just put it in my spirit. No, you probably do need to go to another church. Because we're going to need your seat for somebody that's sacrificial. I said, you, you definitely, you probably do need to go to another church. Now, before you clap, you might need to want to know what your challenge is. Y'all with me? I'm telling you, and I'm not being arrogant. I'm not being smart. Y'all know I'm not. I love y'all with every fiber of my being. I would give anything for y'all. Y'all are my family. But I'm going to just tell you, God didn't call us to build a crowd. He called us to build an army. And, and if, 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 if we're going to build disciples, disciples have a sacrificial spirit. And as big as this crowd is, honestly, we're too crowded. It's not for us, but for unchurched people it is. We may have to start a, we may have to start a 1140, or when do we start? I guess we can start at 1145. Somebody might show up, amen. One down there for the 1115 if we keep growing. And we're going to because we're going to reach lost people. But here's your challenge. In every different, every different service, the first service, second service, and I told you the challenges for the other two. Each one had a need. Each one had an issue. First issue, they were not, they were not inviting enough. Second issue, we were full, and I challenged them to go and, and, and help us with the service down there in the rock. Plus, also, they, that service was the one that served the least. The least amount of people in the volunteer services teams and everything. In this one, this is what I want to challenge you. We have the least amount of people from this service that come to the Wednesday night Bible study. The least amount. In this service, the least amount from this service comes to the Wednesday night Bible study. Say, so what's that for? It's for maturity. It's to develop maturity and strength. Because you need the Word of God. And Wednesday night is all about the meat of the word and growing and gleaning in faith. So this is your challenge. Ultimately, we may have to start a service, and this would be great if we did. Amen. But this is what I want to challenge you to do. Come Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Bring your kids early, 6.30, and let them go to the, the kids' program. And you come at 7 o'clock. I challenge you. Sacrifice some time. So you can grow in grace. And you can grow stronger. And it will blow your mind at what God's going to do in your life. And all God's people said.